Come on. Math. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Check Engine Podcast. You're tuned into the only podcast produced by three two-time winners of IMSA's Spirit of the Race Award. We're hosted through Anchor.fm, and we are streamed worldwide on all the platforms you use to listen to your favorite podcasts. My name is Nick. Joining me, as they do every week, are my two trusty co-hosts, Andrew and Tristan. Guys, the weekend was so nice that we had to push this recording back another day how how was your weekend you enjoy the weather Mm, absolutely it's it was you know the perfect weather it's 70s in the day sunny little breezy not not much in the way of humidity and then just a cool night i mean that that's the weather that everyone in the whole world would pick uh for every day if they could just have one weather for the rest of their lives right sleeping weather we, we were san diego for two days Yes, just yes. 70 sunny and breezy. Like it was fantastic. We put in according to Claire's Fitbit, we put in about 30,000 steps over the course of Saturday and Sunday. Nice. We, were out, we were out hiking and, you know, Lapham Peak and all this other stuff. It was great. We just we came inside to sleep and that was it. <laughs> We uh, briefly considered going to a farmer's market and then drove past and realized that it was just an absolute bloodbath of people without masks. And I was like, oh, all right. No, we're going to die if we if we go there. Well, we'll be killed. Oh, that's everywhere now. You haven't heard? No. Well, uh, no, because I'm I'm still not going outside. Like, I'm not going anywhere. They're going to lock this whole shit down in like two weeks. Yeah, they're 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 allowing people to go back to work and bars have reopened. So obviously that means the virus is gone and no one needs to wear masks anymore. Well, the bar thing, I, the bar thing I knew, but I guess I just didn't realize how bored everyone else had gotten. I guess that was my that was my thing. Yep. Claire and I, when we went, we were like the only ones wearing them now granted on a lap on peak hike you're not really in and around too many other people you're you're kind of out by yourself but you know we went and grabbed some dinner we went and got out of the house and um yeah we were the only ones in the restaurant even with a mask near them not even like someone wore it in and was like taking it off to eat just like nothing wait you went to like sat down in a restaurant outdoor seating man okay all right i was like damn that's that's wild. <laughs> Outdoor seating. It was nice outside. We're like, we'll take this opportunity because we've been cooking for ourselves for three straight months. Let's have someone else wait on us, support the local business because everybody has like patios or deck seating that's open. So that's true. Well, all right. And I Tristan is here too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see, I, haven't, I have not moved beyond the uh, curbside pickup and make it at home craze. Um, however, I, I did invest uh, the better part of an entire day making a smoked pork shoulder that was exquisite. Uh, and that was my weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looked smor- great. Smorked, me- smorked meats. Smorked hey, meats. Episode title. Me, <laughs> you were sending me the pork nudes. Yep, <laughs> I was. In process. 
the outside, and then once it was all shredded up, it looked great. That last one, Tristan, wouldn't make a good nude. <laughs> all all shredded up. up. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no. no, thank you. It's not an exact metaphor, all right? <laughs> Imprecise at best. That's right. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Andrew, what are we here to talk about this evening? Well, um, in this era of remakes... Are we still in the era of remakes or is, I mean, there's no movies coming out. Well, before the coronavirus, we were in the era of remakes and uh, we're at the point now, like if they announced someone announced that they were going to do a remake of the original Fast and Furious. I don't think anybody would even bat an eye. No, it's been 19 years, something like that. So anyways, that was kind of my starting God. point. Yeah, we're old dudes. <laughs> yeah, super old. But that was kind of my starting point for saying, all right, they've already done this with some older car focused movies anyways, like the Italian job. So if we were going to recast the car roles in famous car movies, what would we pick to star? And uh, we got a couple movies here. Just kind of run through them and see what everyone picked and, and see if we can come up with a Maybe even a decisive victor for what would be the best choice in a recast of a movie, for example, like Bullet or Fast and Furious. So we've got four movies, correct? To, yes. Yep. Four movies we're going through. Um, I specifically don't know how many cars you recast for Fast and the Furious because there was a lot of them. I picked four. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll get to that later, but like, I don't know if someone went through and did like 19 of them or something like that, but <laughs> that that would be acceptable too. It would be. I did not do that. So, it's going to be a cool episode, very unique idea. I haven't this, you know, we we admit when we steal ideas. Andrew, as far as I know, you didn't steal this one. This was something that we just kind of or you just kind of came up with. Um, I don't think I did. I didn't, I didn't knowingly steal this idea. I'll put it that way. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That gets us, you know, legally, that's all we need. Um, but before we get into any of that, um, we always start this podcast with a little segment we call pace laps. Uh, guys have anything to, uh, to share with the group this week? Little quick ditties, news stories, neat cars, anything like that? Well, I mean, the, the biggest news of the week was uh, NASCAR taking their thumb out of their own ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was first it was like, you know, good on you. Applause, you know, slow clap. And then also in the back of my head, I'm like, wait, it's it's about time. Like, I don't know. How, like, I'm happy they did it. But what took them so long? I I think that might be. My biggest issue, right? My, my whole thing with, with NASCAR last podcast was, okay, fine, the talk, but what comes after that? And I guess this is what comes after it. And, and while it's obviously a very good thing that NASCAR and, and everyone else would ban the Confederate flag, I just have such a problem with uh, – all right. In my view – since, I mean, my whole lifetime or my whole lifetime being conscious of NASCAR as a sport, there has been little to no difference 
between someone wearing the actual Confederate flag and wearing a NASCAR hat. Those two things have been almost exactly the same. You know what time it is when you see that. And the two things have appeared together so often that to me, they became almost virtually the same thing. And, and they were okay with that for so long. And I understand, you know, the, the power of this movement now can't be ignored, but it's just like, I, I, I don't feel that they need to be celebrated for just going along with what's popular at the moment. To me, they're not showing anything extraordinary. Um, so I, I don't know. Is that out of line? Is that too much? No, I mean, that. We know it was the right thing to do, and we applaud them for doing the right thing. But again, you, would they have done this if George Floyd hadn't been killed and there hadn't been protests everywhere? Well, here's here's my thing with that, is that I, I really do think that we we're talking about the last week about how this is an entry point for so many people. I, I don't I don't think that it's unreasonable for an organization to have an entry point like, you know, be like, Hey, wow, we've been wrong. We weren't paying attention to this. I think because it's popular, you, you can fall into the trap of thinking, Oh, they're just doing it because it's popular, but it's not popular. Like it's not popular with their, you know, fan base, at least a good part of it. I think to actively, to actively look your fan base in the face and go, no, no matter what you say, that does take a little bit of risk. Um, you know, I, I'm going to stop well short of, you know, anything like corporate courage or anything stupid like that. <laughs> but, you know, but I think looking at your fan base that, has you know the response has not been positive i will tell you um you know and sure maybe a vocal minority but that's kind of you know squeaky wheel gets the grease and for so long it's been that group of people that's kind of dictated the culture of nascar like i know a lot of perfectly normal you know non-confederate flag wearing you know regular people that kind of just enjoy watching NASCAR. Like and, Nick. Hello. You know, for, for example. <laughs> From um, time to time, and, yeah. And, you know, um, like, I think that the, you know, Andrew, in your head, the, you know, conflation of the Confederate flag and NASCAR hats comes from that vocal minority, but that's how they're viewed that those are the diehards a lot of times too, that will, mm-hmm. you know, stick with the, the racing when it's bad, when the cars are bad, you know, whatever. Um, and I think, yes, there could be something to the fact that like, Hey, this is popular. Let's get on board. But for a long time, I think NASCAR has enjoyed a lot of the same, status in this country if not worldwide but in this country that we talked about with um f1 where like well we're not obliged to do anything we're nascar and i i think they wouldn't no one would have been surprised if they hadn't done anything and i don't think they and i don't think they would have lost much if they hadn't done anything and the fact that they did it anyway i don't know i think there's something you know I think I think much like last week, my my verdict is still out, but I find it but I find it encouraging more than 
anything else, I guess, like more than I find myself hopefully less jaded than that. Maybe maybe it's about me, not NASCAR. I don't know. But I I was shocked when they did it because they were kind of the last group I expected to. Um, And, you know, even more than F1, like I think F1, you know, it kind of falls into the, you know, rich European trap. So they don't care about a lot of things, but I figured, eh, you know, probably a more, you know, forward looking organization, you know, just due to the nature of the sport, you know, science, technology, that kind of thing draws in people that might have different views, um, you know, kind of from all over the place, they might be obliged to do that. And um, And they didn't. And still crickets from them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and NASCAR, there's no need for it. And the fact, you know, you know, in, in a lot of people's minds, probably there's no need for them to do that to maintain their status with most of their fans. And they did it anyway. So I'm still reserved, but optimistic, I guess. Okay. I, I don't know. I just, that is a different way of looking at it. I, I guess I, I expected this or something like this coming from NASCAR uh, for no reason other than they did a thing. Right. And um, I don't know. It almost seems like I'm expecting more than they could ever possibly give. But I guess I mean, I mean, the the obvious counterpoint or or maybe it's even not a counterpoint just the obvious narrative running alongside this is Bubba Wallace simply because he is a successful driver in NASCAR who's black and he's the only black driver in NASCAR and he's young he's been driving well and he was a rookie of the year Mm -hmm. and yet I mean at the time he joined I don't know if this is counted from the time he joined Xfinity or for the time he joined the cup. But I think when he joined the cup, he was the only uh, African-American or black American who had been in NASCAR in a decade. And I guess what I'm thinking, and maybe this isn't the right way to think about it for something like NASCAR in all that time, they've had no initiatives. They've had no, and it's not that other race series do, you know what I mean? But I feel like, they're looking for a way to lead and they're starting with the performative and maybe that even that's giving them too much credit. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe that's even too much, but I don't know. We'll see, I guess I'm still at, we'll see. Okay. Um, speaking of Bubba Wallace, um, both you, the two of you and any listeners out there who may have not seen this, um, If you've got half an hour while you're laying in bed, um, Ty Dillon, another driver in the series, um, had Bubba Wallace on Instagram TV on his account and it just addressing the current state. And, um, you know, they just had it. It was like a heart to heart kind of thing, almost, you know, just in the public face. Um, And he was just asking Bubba to share some of the experiences he had as a black man coming up through the um, stock car racing in the South, both on and off the track and some of the things he's experienced. And at 27 years old, I think Bubba is Mm -hmm. like 26, 27, something like that. It is like some of the stories he was sharing were just 
ridiculous, like the way <laughs> the way he was treated. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a pretty powerful thing. Um, so I, I encourage people to to just go listen. Um, Ty T Y Dylan and his Instagram feed. It came out uh, like middle of last week, like last Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. As we're recording this, so um, just go take a listen if you get a chance. Um, other big news. I don't know if you guys saw this. I just posted it on the Facebook page today. Um, our man, Carlos Gosen is back in, in the headlines. Oh my God. Yeah. Can, no, I didn't can, see this. Can we buy the screenplay? Can we buy <laughs> the screenplay now? Andrew, I'm going to read you this headline. Internal Nissan emails reportedly corroborate Gosen's claim of a setup. Oh shit! <laughs> and this is according. This is recording to Bloom. According to Bloomberg, is the ones who reported this. I found the article on Autoblog, but they're um, citing Bloomberg as their source. What, what um, do they mean by setup? What do they mean? So it's actually a really short article. So I'm just going to read through it. It's actually really quick. It's like less than half a page on my laptop right now. So an internal email trail reportedly supports Carlos Gosen's claim that Nice. Nissan orchestrating orchestrated his ousting leaked emails have been corroborated by sources familiar with their contents. According to Bloomberg emails going back to February, 2018, a year before his arrest allegedly descri- describe a deliberate and multi-pronged effort, quote, a methodical campaign to remove Gosen from the company. And in so doing put Nissan in position to negotiate a more favorable relationship with Alliance partner, Renault. The initial effort was apparently triggered by Gosen's announcement, Gosen's announcement in 2018 that he wanted to further intertwine Renault and Nissan, eventually to the point where their integration would be irreversible. Former Gosen aide, Hari Nada, who would appear as the whistleblower figure who outed Gosen for his alleged financial misconduct, allegedly suggested to a Nissan senior manager that company executives should move to, quote, neutralize his initiatives before it's too late. Pew, pew. Nada would later recommend the termination of the agreement governing the Renault-Nissan alliance. This would have granted Nissan broader freedom to purchase stake in Renault, or even ultimately take it over entirely, and reduce the French automaker's influence over Nissan's ability to choose its own executives. Next day, Gosen was arrested at Haneda Airport in Tokyo. Hmm. Well... <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Well, well, <laughs> what else can you say? <laughs> Just well, a part of it, we call it. claim rights to the screenplay. That's all I'm saying. That's true. We did call that. <laughs> Corporate espionage at its best, boys. Hmm. That is. Ooh. Ooh, the twists. I love it. <laughs> I love Just it keep so coming. Twisty. I love it so much. Um. Let's see. Actually, I was I there was that awkward silence before because what I was doing is counting something. I was counting something. Um and I want to mention this just before we move off the of pace laps. Um so the pressure's not letting up, the protests aren't ending. John Doonan, where the fuck are you? <laughs> Where's the empty statement? Here's what I'm counting. 19 countries represented in IMSA. Drivers from 19 countries. 
No statement. What what am I what am I to do with that? What am I to do with that information? I don't know. Yeah, but I, I get that F one doesn't give doesn't give a shit because why would they? They don't care about anything. They don't care about the quality of their own product. They're not going to care about this. <laughs> but they just don't. I'm sorry, they don't. But um, I, if NASCAR, I, I guess that's really how all of these things start now, right? If NASCAR is doing something then there should probably be a statement from IMSA who has a bunch of drivers in all their fields from all over the world. Because this isn't, a, this is, this hasn't been an America only protest for the length that it's gone on. It hasn't been about just racial injustice in America for as long as it's gone on. I, what the hell is happening? I'm actually Googling right now. just trying to see if there was one and we missed it. I have not seen one. I've I've done checking. I've checked the Twitter accounts. I've checked the website. I don't see anything. I haven't seen anything. Yep, me neither. It's so weird. So I don't know, man. John Doonan. Where you at? Come on. Anywho, Tristan, you got anything for uh, for pace laps? I saw a car with a giant fan on it. Um, <laughs> okay. Where was the fan located? It was mounted to a little rack on the trailer hitch. What was the fan doing? Was it operational? No, it's just chilling. Oh, um, it was. I'm sure for like one of those fan-powered parasailing dealy things. Wait, what? Was it carrying like the parachute or something? Like, was there another no, like had, case like, on the top? Backpack. Or? Big backpack harness. I'm assuming the parachute is small and could fit in the vehicle. Like Fan Man? Anybody? Oh, okay. No, no, no. All right. So let me, based on your explanation, what I thought you were suggesting is that similar to parasailing, the driver would hook people up to the truck <laughs> and, then, and then drive around using the fan to somehow keep them up in the air. And I was like, you need to slow way the fuck down and we need to talk about this more. I'm going to go with sadly no on that one. That is because now I'm sad that that's not what it was for. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's not without the fan, if you were just talking parasailing, like, that might be kind of fun behind a vehicle. <laughs> Super. I can't think of anything more dangerous at all. Skydiving without it, a parachute. We call yeah, it car sailing. <laughs> oh, God. You know, you know, there's videos of that on YouTube somewhere. I'm not going to look it up now, but later. Yeah, there's something. It ended up on fail army somewhere. <laughs> well, probably didn't because they probably died. <laughs> Not the person filming it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have been a total loss. You never know. Yeah. RIP in peace. Mm. Um, I saw a couple of neat cars over our uh, weekend out. Um, first on Saturday, rolling right through downtown Delafield past that uh, that mobile station there on Main Street. You guys, mm. I'm guessing, are familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A 
blue Ferrari four five eight. Haven't you seen I, a blue four five eight recently? I've seen a I've seen a uh, like a deep blood red, mm. but this wasn't even like a what you would call like a standard blue. Like as the light hit it, it was almost it was like a custom wrap. It was almost like it almost looked purple. Like as it drove by to, and you got like a different angle, like depending on where the light hit it. Nice. It was so, so crazy. And then we must have an older gentleman in the Neshota area who listens to our podcast because remember the uh, Sebring orange ZR1 that I did on the car configurator episode and then brought back for our garage episode? Mm-hmm. There was a Sebring Orange ZR1 convertible driving right past my condo complex later that same day. <laughs> I would love it if you kept seeing that car, just driving slower and slower past your house, like <laughs> trying to make a point, like trying to make eye contact if he sees me outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He finally finally breaks down to shouting out the window, "Hey, hey!" <laughs> <laughs> Little engine revving. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was so happy. I'm like, there actually is one, not just in pictures. Woo! Nice. <laughs> so that was cool. Anything else, or do we want to get into our uh, movie casting? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, folks, we're going to hop into recasting the cars in popular movies right after this break. All right, we're back, folks, and we're about to get into tonight's main topic. But before we do, we'd like to remind you how to get a hold of us if you do feel so inclined. We have our very own website. That is checkenginepodcast.com. And we also have an email address associated with that. It is inbox at checkenginepodcast.com. We're also all over the socials. I mentioned already that I posted something on Facebook today. If you go to Facebook, search Check Engine Podcast, you can find us there. Andrew, where can they find us on Twitter? Find us at Check Engine Pod. And Tristan, where can they find us on the Instagram? Also at Check Engine Pod. I have been remiss lately. I haven't been out enough to see any cars, so I it's apologize. Tough. It's tough right now, especially where you're living. You can't see the street, so you can't even like snag a drive-by shot of somebody. Oh, I, I can, but with a very short walk. But I mean. Nobody drives out here. Yeah, so. I was going to say that then it's just a mostly deserted road. <laughs> you just turn it into the Tristan's WRX Instagram account and just take pictures of my own car. Those accounts to tend to have more followers than ours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? If we're looking for content. Mm-hmm. So anyway, folks, be sure to like, follow, share, post, DM, reach out just how and when you can. You can ask us questions to answer on the air. You can let us know what you like or dislike about our episodes. Give us topic ideas, anything you want. So thank you in advance for that. Now, to get back to the show, Andrew, we are playing movie producers strictly for cars. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we are recasting uh, some of the most famous car or car centric movies of all time, but only the cars. We really wouldn't. I don't think any of us would care who was acting in these movies. Um, the important part is the cars. Absolutely. And which movie would you like to start with? Oh, it's it's tough because so, so the movies that we were looking at Back to the Future, The Italian Job, Bullet and Fast and the Furious, the first one. And I guess the 
place to start is probably with the movie that's already been remade once, but they didn't remake the role of the car. And of course, that would be the Italian job originally and in the remake starring the Mini Cooper. Yes. Amongst other cars. Um, Now, I've never seen the original version of this. Has anyone? No, I did read the synopsis on Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) i did did see the remake so um i saw the original really has not which has nothing to do story-wise with the remake so it's not super helpful nerd um well i like michael kane what he's a great actor wasn't michael kane right that's right anglophile Um, oh yeah yeah, anyways, just cut right to the chase. If we're recasting the Italian job, it's got to be the Veloster N, and that's it. <laughs> of course you would say that. It just does. Think about it. It's, what, am I going to pick the new, new Mini Cooper? No, that's horrible. It, it's the the fun, peppy little hatchback that needs a um, sales boost. <laughs> You're not doing enough for it, but using this podcast as your platform. <laughs> okay, wise guy. Let's hear what, what, what would you pick? Who, which wise guy are you talking yeah, to? Me or right? <laughs> Any one of them. <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'll go. So, yeah, I don't think anybody was just going to recast this with the Mini Cooper S because that's already tired and whatever. They've done it twice. So I'm going to run through the two that I first thought of and then said, then next um, first thing I thought, well, Italian job. What about the um, Fiat Abarth 500, 500 Abarth, but way too tiny, mm. even as tiny as the mini Cooper was. And as outlandish as it was that they were carrying 4 million pounds of gold bullion in the back, a Fiat would be way too tiny. So I thought, okay, what would be the next thing. Um, will be the next car I would pick outside of a Mini Cooper. Tiny, you know, can maneuver through Italian streets at a pretty good clip. And I went, my next thought was, well, what about a Fiesta RS? And then I thought two things. One, this movie is set in Europe. It should be a European car. And two, fuck Ford because they don't make them here anymore. Mm, So... Um, my final choice, what I would do, talk about a car that needs more attention, Andrew. They're going to haul that gold bullion in Renault Megane RSs. Oh, I'm, I, I would be fully behind that. I love that car. Phenomenal car. I love it so much. Oh, it's such a bummer. We never even, never even sniffed scented it. one here. Not even, not even a little bit. Oh, I love that car so much. Is it weird that we both thought of our nose right there. <laughs> he said, sent it. I said, sniffed like right. The nose. Uh, <laughs> boo. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew with the dad pun. I was just saying the plural of Reno. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, my pick for the Italian, and it, it would be back in, um, back in Italy because the Italian, the remake in 2003 was, I think set in LA for most of it. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could, I guess you could maybe break it a little bit and, uh, have, you know, be like the French job or something, but that sounds yeah, highly maybe, maybe have them zip around through Paris or something like that, but it's going to be in Europe and they're going to be driving Renault Megane RSs. Love it. So I actually ended up going a, uh, 
a similar route with this. Um, I actually ended up going with the uh, Seat Leon. Okay. Um, and they have you know, various various trims, obviously, you know, Cupra, etc., for more or less fast. Um, but uh, that was that was my pick. You know, the because I was trying to go, you know, I was also trying to go a little obscure. Um, you know, I first thought like the the Fiesta ST actually. Um, uh, not the RS. I was like, eh. Again, I couldn't side with Ford, much like Nick. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, maybe you know, you know, re- when you're talking about recasting, it's like, okay, do you keep it close or do you change it up entirely for the remake? It's you know, Mark Wahlberg versus Michael Caine. You know, are they at all similar? No, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's like, well, maybe we go with something entirely different. Um, but I couldn't get away from the idea of the small, fast car, and I think that the the Seat Leon is something that doesn't get talked about enough here. Uh, at least I wanted to introduce our listeners to it if they didn't know about it. Um, basically, it's based on the same platform as the Golf, so it's yeah, not the Golf. You know, all that exciting, but it's it does have some different looks. Um, I I think it like I like it better than the newest Mark Mark uh, Seven. Oh yeah, it looks GTI way better. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, if you are a Volkswagen person, especially and have not looked at the Seat Leon, you know I think it's interesting. It'll be interesting for you. So I sought to sought to bring a little interest um, to this for people, as well as find something that kind of fit the same same idea i did not I mean, think of the the 500 apart though nick that's a interesting choice well i you know i just at first italian job italian car would make sense and then i'm like well alfa romeo no and you know what car would they even use the 4c like, the 4c <laughs> yeah it's too wide it's like wider than a lamborghini it's a mid-engined <laughs> and it's also mid-engined so then like, carry exactly four bars of gold in the front. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, and then, but the mini was like super small. So, and so was the Fiat, the 500. I'm like, eh, too small. Not, I know movies can be crazy and like not at all realistic. See Fast and the Furious. Um, but, you know, a little more realism, you know, at least the Renault has got a little more trunk space in the hatchback. Here's here's a question, though, and just because this is a a serious question to anybody out there, because we're only casting cars and we don't actually make movies. If we were to do this, is it required that Dwayne The Rock Johnson be in it? Yes. Okay. Why why would you need that? Standard Hollywood action movie writer at this point. So and he's also in most of the TV shows I watch now as well. So take that. He he at least has to be offered a role. He doesn't he doesn't have to accept it. And if he declines you, it's fine. Right. Right. Got (laughs) it. Exactly. So he has first right to refusal on anything that Hollywood puts out. That is correct. (laughs) Yep. Got it. It seems that just to make sure just to make sure because, you know, we. You never know. We could have a chance to do this. That's right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just noting it for later. That's all. DJ, all right. hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's. I'd like. To, I'd like to cram you in a tiny European car. <laughs> don't say you want to cram the rock. 
<laughs> and episode title. <laughs> I am the rock. I the rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Speaking uh, of cramming. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm interested I, to hear how you take this transition. Go ahead. <laughs> this uh, one's for you. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't He's have any struggling. No, wait, no, I got it, I got it. Uh, in the movie, Back to the Future 3, maybe it was 2, but I'm pretty sure it was 3, Doc has installed the Mr. Fusion unit onto the back of the DeLorean, wherein he crams gar- This isn't working. Um, the next movie... <laughs> Cramming garbage. Yeah. Cramming the rock with garbage. <laughs> the next movie we're going to cast... Uh, is Back to the Future. And, and I guess, I mean, technically it's a recasting of the trilogy uh, because, you know, the same the same car features through all three movies. But of course, famously, infamously, the only reason the DeLorean is even remembered is because of Back to the Future, in my opinion. Oh, totally. I don't think so, that's your opinion. I think that's a fact. So what would you cast... As Back to the Future, what did I cast? I I actually ended up with a tight race between two cars that are both from the same manufacturer. Okay. And I don't think anyone is going to see this coming. I I my first choice, I think it I think it's my first choice now in the moment would be the Cadillac ELR. Okay. Okay. Oh, and my second choice was the XLR, but I think in this instance, I'll go for the ELR. It's an electric car that failed miserably. No one has ever seen one. I have seen one. No, you haven't. Yes, no I one's have. ever seen one. <laughs> and, um, I mean, they're, they're super rare. They only sold 3000 out of their, uh, out of their entire run. And it would be a complete unknown. It's it's a car that in this role, I mean, it actually looks like it would look pretty cool with some jet engines on the back as well. But this role could actually make this car or the XLR. I just think ELR because, you know, electric and like forward looking, that kind of thing. Because, you know, if you're going to build the time machine now, uh, it would probably be electric if a super smart scientist was going to do that. Right. Uh, right. And, and I, I think it's, I think it's silly enough to work. And there's also just an, just a single element of DeLorean to it, you know, in silver, the coupe, the, uh, uh, fast back style. There, there's just a, there's just a, a slight tinge of DeLorean about this. I think it would actually be perfect. I agree just because I didn't think of it. Um, so I'm going to give my choice, but say that actually my, my original choice, but say that that's actually my new choice. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> um, I didn't think of that one. However, related in a way, I chose the original generation Tesla Roadster. Oh, I thought someone would do that. I, I looked at that one, too. So again, here, here's my reasoning. Although it did not go on to leave its, you know, parent company broke and, you know, you know, lonely and, you know, was a massive disappointment. Um, you know, it was, 
it was a little bit of a disappointment, I think, for a lot of people. Um, based on you know, as always with with this company, the advertising. Um, you know, really, it was just a very very heavy Lotus that happened to be pretty quick. But because it was so, because other than the batteries and the motor, it weighed about four pounds. It was like one of the first electric cars to go 200 miles or something like that on a charge mm-hmm. in nominal conditions. So, like, it has some interesting firsts about it. But I think, you know, the most unique the thing, the most, you know, front of people's minds about it at this time is that it got shot into space on a rocket. So there's a certain amount of... Uh, uh, science fiction cachet um, with That's the, point. you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I agree with the ELR, but I think, you know, the Roadster also would look good in the time machine costume mm-hmm. with the, uh, you know, the big, whatever they are in the back, heat vents, jet engines, whatever they are. Um, uh, and, you know, has a little, has a little wall behind the driver that you could mount the flux capacitor to. It'd be perfect for that. Um, yeah, that's important. But, but I think, I think it depends on if you're going for, you know, an actor slash car that, you know, looks like the original one. I think the ELR is better. Um, and has that same whiff of failure, it really does. <laughs> I think the Roadster was a little disappointing, and that's why I gravitated towards it. But the ELR was so far off the radar that it wasn't even on my radar who was looking for things like that. So I have to, I have to, I have to defer to your choice, but my choice was the OG Tesla Roadster. Because in All silver, right. it looks kind of dumb. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't look half bad in red, but silver. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm on the same boat as you guys, as far as this needs to be in electric car. Um, I went kind of way off the map though. Um, but when you hear me explain this and when you guys Google this, um, you're going to know, why I went there and it's going to make some sense. So let me try to tee this up a little bit. Mm -hmm. A lot of these movies, as they get recast, um, whether it be actual, like the actual actors and actresses or with cars or whatever it is, when you see remakes, there's always a little bit of homage paid to the original, right? Whether the original actor has a cameo or, you know, you see it in like the, the modern James Bond movies, for instance, there's always going to be like it, if nothing else, the DB five is in Q's workshop Stupid up on Jack's right. Whatever. So I'm like, I want a car that's going to at least be reminiscent of a DeLorean as far as its profile, the way it looks, maybe like a fastback type of thing with a um with more of like a longer nose. Definitely has to have the doors that open kind of gullwing style that open up. Um but if you're thinking like back to the future, your time travel, I want this thing to be super modern and super futuristic looking. So my first thought went to concept cars. Mm-hmm. And what I stumbled upon, guys, look this up if you haven't before, is the Genesis Essentia. 
So spell essential, take the L off the end, and that's the car. It is crazy looking. If you look at it from the side, there is a side profile about three or four rows down on Google Images. Oh, I remember this. I had this as my wallpaper for a year. Really? Yeah, on my, on my laptop. Oh, God. I remember this thing. Oh. So electric car, the doors swing up to the front. So not they're not like roof hinged like the DeLorean was, but it's reminiscent. If you look at the side profile, it's got that same kind of long nose, um, you know, fastback look to it. But super futuristic, super modern. Um it looks like it's riding on Pirellis, so you have some good grip if you need to get up to those high speeds. Um, 88 miles an hour. That's right. You got, so that's my pick. The Genesis Essentia for the Back to the Future remake. I think this, I think this may have been the launch concept for the Genesis brand. I think, I think that's what this was, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. I mean, super trippy interior. Um, that looks fabulous. It's a fa- yeah, it's a gorgeous car. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good choice. I like that. So, like I said, kind of off the beaten path, but um, I think it does well to, like I said, pay homage to the original, at least in the doors and the shape of the car, while you know taking it to literally back to the future with you know, modern electric technology and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Um, oh, by the way, I found the ELR uh, by searching uh, a list of the worst cars of the previous decade. <laughs> <laughs> did, did it give an explanation as to why? Uh, it just said LOL underneath, which was weird. That's did you write that article? <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, it just said that it was a uh, sales failure. And, um, you know, the the presumed reason the ELR didn't sell is because it was seventy five thousand dollars for almost no range. And, <laughs> um, yeah. And seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> so it's the uh, standard Cadillac and Lexus pricing problem. I mean, yeah, definitely is. Definitely is. Um, all right. I, I will move us directly on to the movie that I think I may have put the most work into recasting, even though I hate it. And it's actually Bullet. Right. Originally, um, super. So super famous car chase scene. Um, Steve McQueen in a Mustang fastback. And the bad guys in a Dodge Challenger Charger is a Charger Charger. Charger. Yeah, not that it really matters, but, um, you know, it's funny. I I took I, I took notes on my phone as I normally do, and I had a certain order for this that I'm actually now going to reverse, uh, because Nick mentioned that most of these castings pay homage. And actually, I think the two that I've selected fit that really well, but they're also the modernization, right? Mm -hmm. So what if instead of the Mustang and the Charger, we have the baddies in the 
Jeep Cherokee Trackhawk and McQueen in a Ford Raptor. Because listen, there's no way to get around it. Trucks and SUVs are what is going to sell. And this is actually probably one of the most likely recastings that we'd ever see. So looking at the sales list, uh, the Charger in 1968, the year Bullet came out, was the most popular car in America. And the Mustang, while I didn't have specific numbers on that, was probably up there, too, given, you know, we know the history of that car. We know how many were made and we know that it's just been a colossal success. Right. So, of course, the F-150, you know, because fleet and commercial sales and all that stuff is the most sold vehicle anywhere on the face of the planet. And the Jeep Cherokee is in the top 10. I want to say it was like... uh, eight or something you know it it was it was in the top 10 they sell a lot of those things so i actually think it fits and i think it gives you interesting options to redo the chase maybe it's light off-roading maybe it's not off-roading and this track hawk is just blasting down a freeway and mcqueen gets to dodge off the road in the raptor and and do some some crazy shortcutting i I don't know i think it gives you options i think it's kind of interesting and it suits what is definitely a truck and SUV obsessed car culture for right now. It's funny that you mentioned that I'm not going to do what I did last time and just piggyback right on. Uh, so Nick, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to forcibly punt this one to you first. Okay. But, but I think there are some parallels, Andrew, you and I sweet. Um, I, I do. I never thought of trucks. You know, you just automatically think car chase and it's cars. So not only would it be paying homage just to the brands, but just a totally new take on what a chase scene could be like cinematically. I think that's a really, really good idea. Oh, thanks. And I, I, I applaud you for thinking of it. I went a different direction uh, entirely here. Um, it would have been really easy just to do the new Charger and the new Mustang Bullet Edition. Right. Didn't, do, didn't do that. I'm sure that's what they would do if this was recast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure the Mustang's green, blah, blah, blah. But um, I was thinking that the, the chase scene was shot in San Francisco. Okay. Um, Northern California, very near Silicon Valley tech hub of basically the entire country up there very forward thinking with a lot of different things we know how california has adapted to the electric car and there hasn't Mm. been an electric car chase scene as far as i'm aware do you know i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) well it'd be really hard to film because this doesn't make a good chase scene (laughs) Oh, dude, you can edit shit and post. Don't even worry about it. You get the tire squealing. Add motor noises. Great. Great. (laughs) You you can add a bunch of stuff in post. You can hear people on the street because you couldn't before with these throaty V8s bellowing off the buildings. Now you can hear people people going, holy shit, look out. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. They're going to crash. No, you know what you'd hear? You'd hear hear people dying because they wouldn't hear the electric cars coming. So you'd hear dull splats. Um, <laughs> either way, it would be a totally Exciting. new. It would be a totally new experience for the audience. So, Steve McQueen is going to be driving the Tesla Model S Performance, uh, 
and the bad dudes are going to be driving the Karma Rivero GTS. I like the Karma a lot. If the, for those of you who haven't seen it, it looks kind of like a. I think that's basically the body off of a Fisker from about ten years yeah, ago. It's, it's, well, it's, the, it's the same, the same guy. company. Yeah, yeah. Same company. Yeah. They got um, sold and bought out by some Chinese company. But um, just quick specs there um 360 mile range not for shooting a chase scene but that's what they advertise um zero to 60 in four seconds 536 all electric horsepower Hmm. so since it's through san francisco tech hub of the country where a lot of these great forward thinking ideas are coming from alternative alternatively fueled cars for the chase scene through san francisco electric chase scene Someone's going to do that and make it cool. Someone's going to do that and it's going to be horrible. And then a different person will do that and it's going to be dope. I don't know how, but <laughs> yep. Yep. It's going to happen exactly. at some point. Yep. All right. So for mine, I went much more of the direction that, that Andrew did. Um, Cause I did try to keep, you know, like you were alluding to in the last one, Nick, where like, there are homages to the original, um, you know, in some way. So I could not think of a better option to, you know, revere yet bring forward the movie. than I, I agree with the Raptor. I actually also chose a Raptor. Um, really? Yep. Custom, custom bullet green. Um, oh Yeah. Yeah. And, Look how many and, they sell. Whatever. And custom old school uh, rims to match. Sure. sure. Um, and then, however, one of the things, one of the things I loved about that movie, um, and you're right, definitely not all of it. The car chase scene is pretty good, especially considering that they were working with, you know, zero, you know, special effects for the most part. Um, you know, the rest of the movie can get a little boring, but the chase scene's good. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was the setup where he's kind of burbling around San Francisco and every once in a while he looked behind him and there's this black charger menacing him until he decides to take off, you know? Um, and I could not think of a better option for that, at least when you're going up against the Raptor as the Dodge Durango SRT eight. Ooh, okay. okay. Little little squinty headlights, and you know the world's angriest grill. <laughs> um, that is true. And, and you you cut to the mirror, and for whatever reason, in movies, when people look in the mirror, they can hear the car behind them. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's going you know blah 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 blah, blah oh, behind him. Tristan, you don't you know, know that's that's a feature on the mirror. You just gotta reach behind and hit the button. Yeah, turn that's that true. On. Turn the sound yeah, off. I don't have cars with features except CarPlay, so Sa- safety feature. Man. I don't know. I don't know about these things, but, um, but, uh, but yeah. So I thought you know all blacked out, um, you know tinted windows, which they were not in the original movie, but you know make it a little bit more cranked up for 2020. Um, you know menacing black Durango, and then you also have kind of in the same way that the original movie the the charger 
would blow the doors off a Mustang. Um, they were so much faster. Um, and the Durango, at least by advertised numbers, is significantly faster than a Raptor. It's like 0 to 60 in 4.4 seconds versus 5.1 seconds, higher top speed, that kind of thing. But then... I was thinking San Francisco. So also, you know, so your Raptor suspension is going to allow it to, you know, fly that much better around the streets of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, you know, each of them has an advantage would make it for an interesting chase. You could do a little bit of, you know, light off road chasing with those two. Um, Soft roading. You know, soft roading yes um <laughs> that kind of thing um so that was where my mind went was to recreate because i agreed you know kind of looking at it those were two wildly popular cars at the time you know so i decided okay let's go with a popular body style it's something that can like is is aspired to but easily purchased you know um it's not it's not super exotic but could make for an interesting chase scene so yeah ford raptor versus durango srt8 Man, I applaud both of you guys for the uh, the truck SUV play. Uh, I can't remember the name of the the name of the street in San Francisco, but it's the the curviest or crookedest street in Lombard the world. Lombard Street, Lombard, that's it. Lombard, yep. So how would how cool of a shot would that be? Or if the chase comes to the top of that hill with these trucks, but instead of winding through it, they just launch off and go right down the middle. <laughs> I would love that. See, now that would be your shot. That would, you'd have your Durango. Uh, sliding down the road, and then you have the ra- you launch the rafter off the top, the rafter because obviously it's you know off road. It can it can do that. Mm-hmm. YouTube it. You can and see that's that. Your, that's your trailer ending shot, right? Yes, just that's the, the money shot. taking off, and then it just like goes to black, and it's like bullet. Yep. Yeah, that's the money shot. Yeah, someone's going to do this now. You're welcome. <laughs> We're giving away all these ideas for free. I know it's such uh whatever. <laughs> they can have that one. I don't even care. <laughs> um all right. So our last one here is Fast and the Furious and actually what I'm going to do is punt it over to Nick because he sounds like he may have basically what happened is I just picked a bunch of cars and I have an idea where they're going to go, but he sounds like he has a more reasonable direction for four specific characters, four specific cars. And um, I have an idea, but I don't exactly know which ones I want to go with. So I think Nick, you can help. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, this was one where I actually, at least for two of the cars, I, I stuck to the script if you will, mm-hmm. a little more. Um, so, so first, let's start with the cars I picked. Andrew, you probably got a bunch of these listed out, which is fine. I just kind of went through and like, what are the four? I just picked, I just threw a number out there, like four of the most prominent cars from this film. So, um, Vin Diesel was in his 70 Charger. Yep. Um, there was, I, th- I think Paul Walker's was an, was the one driving it was the uh there was a 95 eclipse in the intro scene yep his first yes. car his yes. first car and then there was a um a 94 supra yep and then the baddie in this movie to use andrew's word was driving a honda s2000 
Yes, yes, the, he was. The, That's right. The 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 rival um, street racing gang or whatever, the heist gang. Um, yeah. So those are the four cars I chose to recast. I didn't pay attention to the rest of them. I just stuck with those four because those seem to be the four that got the most play. We'll say. Um. So just to start with the ones that I I stuck to the script on um instead of the 70 charger i'm gonna have vin diesel's character um drive the challenger srt hellcat red eye (laughs) um so that that one's pretty like i said pretty on script um I for the in place of the 94 Supra, I am going to use the new Supra, but I'm going to use the GR Heritage Edition Supra that they brought out at SEMA. That's a, that's the good one. That's that is the good one. That's the one that deserves to be in this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's in there. And then I went a little bit off script. So for the 95 Eclipse, I'm, I went to I was looking through like Mitsubishi stuff. well they have the lancer evo but that's not really like a street rate that's more rally that's not really gonna fit here um i mean people do use it but well it was in the second one it was the tyrese's car in the second one right it was it was um but i wasn't really feeling that at all um and this is actually the hardest one that i had uh to replace um started looking at nissan like maybe the 370 no, not really. Um, so actually what I did here is I just went with a, uh, obviously this is going to be CMUD out customized for these movies. Like they always are in the street racing scene, but it's going to be a VW golf R. Okay. Um, in place okay. of the 95 eclipse. And then it would have been really easy for me to say, instead of the Honda S 2000, just be the civic type R. I really, <laughs> I, I really want to like that car, but I don't. Because that wing is really stupid, but that fits so perfectly. That wing fits. But hey, here, here's it here. Yeah, it fits here. But um, when people when when they're making movies, obviously imagery is hugely important. You've got usually the baddies are in a black car or they're the, the cowboy in the black hat, right? So I'm thinking, what car that could fit in this movie? would be like if it's like a low profile shot of a starting line and then this car rolls up and all you see is the headlights and the grill or a garage door slides open and the lights turn on when the car fires up like which one looks evil which one looks like where as the thing opens as as the lights go on the crowd sitting there is like yep that's the bad guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so my choice for instead of the honda s2000 is the audi rs3 oh just black audi rs3 with the tristan i i mean i get what you're saying about the durango but i do think the the new design language on the audis with the way the lights are and that bigger i think it looks much angrier than a um it just looks menacing if you see that in your mirror so that's a good one my pick for the bad guy or rival gangs car is a black audi rs3 that's also good because it's spendy like that. That's important for right. that too, right? Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. All right. Uh, I feel I feel sufficiently revved up. Um, <laughs> uh, why did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. That, that was an accident. I'm not that revved was, up. Was, we can no we can we can edit it out. Bad yeah. bad car podcast joke. Well, no one's ripping anything. Not at all. 
Um, all right. So uh, for the eclipse, in place of Brian's eclipse, what better car could there be than the tryhard car of all tryhards, the Subaru BRZ? Ha <laughs> ha I, I think I that car, you did you there. Could, if you no, if you digitally added that car into that scene, no one would question it. That's probably true. I think that's I think that's perfect. But when he upgrades now, this the shot that sticks in my mind more than any other from this movie is that Supra coming into the shop completely totaled. Like, yes. yeah, it's crashed. And uh, well, of course, you know, the, the infamous line overnight parts from Japan. Um, but <laughs> so in my mind, I was trying to pick a car. Uh, I sort of like what what Nick was just describing, where you see it as a as a wrecked husk on this trailer and you know what it is. And as someone who, you know, knows about cars or maybe this is like your entry point to the oh that car's really fast like you see it as this burnt out shell and then you see it all done up on the road and i i i went through a bunch of cars but i think i'm quite happy with where i ended up because in my mind it has to be more prestigious it has to be more uh fancy a little sexier right than than the uh, brz and i think a, a notable upgrade in a car that would look good in a certain way as a Hulk and also as a pristine finished street tune piece would be the E92 M3. Oh yeah. Cause I'm just picturing like everybody would know what that shell looks like. Yes. And, and I think you go, That's I think you brilliant. go, I think you go coupe and not sedan here. I think you go with the two door and there's just like, those rear lights, they're so oddly proportioned, but they're so recognizable in the front too. I think that that would be, and like I, I think I've said in this podcast before, I think we're about to see the renaissance of these cars as people start to go, Oh, actually they looked really good because BMW has decided to run their fucking brand off of a cliff. And, and so these are going to come back to be really recognizable. And this is, I think that's a good role for it. Yeah. Start, start bringing it back. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good pick. Damn, I'm pissed I missed that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and for the um, for in place of the was that one a Charger or Challenger? And I always I I never know. Um, Charger, but I also said the other one was a Challenger when it was a Charger. So don't quote me. Uh, Dom's dad's car. There you go. Whatever that happened to be. Um, I made a weird pick here because it, I I thought of the Hellcat as well, but then I was like, oh wait, no, it's supposed to be his dad's car that he like uh, was scared of or whatever. So going back in my mind, I thought, all right, if we were going to update this, realistically, what is a car that's older but has maybe some perhaps drag? sort of retro looking drag pretenses. And I landed on the early two thousands Pontiac firebird. It looks like a running shoe. You could see, you know, you could pop a, um, some giant headers out the top and, and, and the big supercharger belt. And it would look completely normal on that car. And, uh, you know, it it could theoretically actually kind of do the drag thing. 5.7 liter, um, Chevy V8, obviously. And at the time, I guess, according to this article here, it 
was good with a question mark <laughs> <laughs> was better than people expected. I, I, I can see it going up against the uh, E92 crossing as they head down to the train tracks. I can definitely see that pairing. Okay. Little okay. obscure. And Little then for obscure. the, for the baddie car, I just went right to uh, the spendiest of the, of the street tuner cars or quote unquote street tuner cars. And just went right to the STI S209. <laughs> Just, just right to that. Okay. okay. For, for the baddie. It, although it's not quite evil enough now that, you know, yeah. Two Subarus in the list. But I'm not as impressed with that pick anymore. It's kind of sad. <laughs> A way to sell it to the group. <laughs> well, I mean, we could do, you know, just to mix it up, we could go Toyota 86 uh, inside of the BRZ. So we could go Toyota. Yeah. Yeah, so really, it really Pontiac. it's a Toyota for the most part. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, I, I kind of picked a few to try to saw it in places like you did. So, um, you know, having Nick's template was definitely a good start. Um, so for the original Mitsubishi Eclipse replacement car, um, I, I did actually end up going with Nick. You mentioned the the Z. Um, I was trying to flip between like, do we go back far enough to make it a 350Z, or do we stick to the newer like 370Z? And that's where my my research failed me as far as um, like how old that Eclipse was when the movie came out. Um, you know, do you guys know, was that a new car or newish car? It was about when, five or when six years old when the movie came out, which yeah. I mean, the, 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 the 370Z has been around forever. So, you right. know, you could definitely ch- stick with that because in my mind, like the, the eclipse, Andrew, you mentioned like, you know, when he moves up to his next car, it has to be a little bit more spendy, um, a little bit nicer. Um, but you know the the original car wasn't absolute garbage it had its own it had its own myth to live up to um and i think that you know people throwing people throwing giant turbochargers on 370z's um and making them into you know <laughs> little gtr replicas um is is kind of funny to me but the fact yeah. that the mo- the fact that the motor holds up to that you know speaks to something so i think that yeah, would be a good, a good point. i think that would be a good place for him to start but you know nissan kind of like mitsubishi even with the eclipse um you know even at the time of the eclipse eclipse was kind of the high point it wasn't a you know everybody's buying a mitsubishi you know thing at the time so you know to have him in a car where the rest of the brand isn't that strong i think fits um after the upgrade, um, something that I, I was looking through through tunable cars, um, and although it's not widespread and as famous as the Supra is now, I think that's because it comes down to um, how popular the Supra was in this movie. <laughs> looking at actual, you know, I, I, I was in forums for this kind of thing. Apparently, a popular and 
possible, but not like overnight parts from Germany um, <laughs> kind of thing is there is a goal that's common for tuner culture with the Audi TT. Okay. Um, Which it is? Um, most of them, actually. <laughs> um, apparently it's achievable with almost all of them the newer ones require more electrical know-how because the systems are more complex but the motors hold up to it all the way from the 1.8 t to the two liter now um and the goal is to make a a two scale bugatti veyron (laughs) (laughs) so not in not in looks but all-wheel drive and about two-thirds to three-quarters the horsepower with about two-thirds to three-quarters the weight. So, like, um, 700 horsepower? Something like that, yeah. Um, And that's kind of like like the the, the nickname, not that anyone would actually name it that, but it's like, yeah, I can make a mini Veyron out of this as far as, like, horsepower to weight ratio you can get to be the same as a veyron that's pretty Um, funny actually yeah so you know i think there's some legendary you know things going on with the motor and the supra and i think that the that 1.8 to 2 liter um audi slash volkswagen motor is definitely um something that isn't as recognized but i want to spread that around (laughs) Um, that's cool because it's me and you know German cars, so that's that's the first two. Um, I, I kind of went the same way you did, Andrew, um, to a certain extent with Dom's car. Um, I actually went with the uh, Pontiac G8 GT. Nice. Okay. Um, I was actually influenced by that one I posted on Instagram the other day. Um, I think it can be really well done. Um, I think although silly and not as classic as an old Dodge with a blower sticking out of the roof, I really think you could put like a, like a rocker hood or a power bulge hood on a G8 and it wouldn't look wildly out of place, um, you know, to fit a giant supercharger in there or even like a Ram air hood, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think that would fit. Barring that, if that's too ridiculous, um, or not, or a you know a too ridiculous can't do it. Be not quite old enough to match up to like maybe being someone's dad's car um, would actually be the you know was it probably early two thousands uh, return of the GTO. Okay, all right. Um, you know, also relatively significant you know tuning potential that one does have the big you know although it's kind of odd because it came from australia you know it's not quite american looking but has the big long muscle car hood that one you could stick a big blower out of the top of and it wouldn't look too ridiculous so i was undecided but i was thinking you know some good old-fashioned v8 muscle for dom's car stick with at least that trend i stayed away from you know Sticking him in a sticking him in another charger, you know, giving him the four door charger, yikes, um, you know that kind of thing. Hey, what do you but, mean yikes? Uh, <laughs> you said you said challenger, didn't you? I did say challenger. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't even know which one it is. 
the, the, the challenger, you know, I think would fit. I cannot imagine one Mr. Dominic Toretto driving a four-door charger. <laughs> um, and I was like, eh, challenger, I like it, but I want to think a little bit more out of the box and frankly, just a little older. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, that was, that was why I stayed away from that one personally. I think it's a great choice. I think it would also look fantastic with a big blower sticking out of the hood. Um, but True. I went a little bit, little bit older um, in that case. So, and now, as far as the baddie car. Mm. Yes. Sounds so, excited. I think this one's a little bit off the wall choice, and I'm actually kind of excited about it. So, the, you know, like you mentioned, you know, it has to be the rich kid car. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but still able to be tuned and not just tuned from the factory and that's it. You can't touch it. Um, Mm-hmm. So, the new Porsche Cayman, all black. Ooh, that's a good choice. Okay. That is a good choice. I haven't settled on engine choice. However, I, I, I think the new four-cylinder with the turbo is going to give you more tuning room. However, if you're willing to modify and do things like add a turbo, um, then definitely you, you could do the six cylinder and like twin turbo charge that six or something. If you had enough room, um, not being a tuner, I don't know the ins and outs of that, but I think that car is already being modified. I, I have found some modified examples and they look pretty good. <laughs> um, and you know, I think that would be a good choice, you know, flash the wealth even more than the s2000 um and i think it's tunable enough that like the bad guy could get into trouble but then he'd still be stomped <laughs> he'd, he'd still get stomped by a mini veyron or you know uh you know souped up g8 or you know, any one of our hero cars um he could still be put in his place by our heroes um but yeah, i think that would be the combination of not quite good enough but still you know show off your money so definitely not I'm trying to bad. um i'm trying to think so uh, in the in the actual movie because this was one car that i considered and then immediately was like now they actually got it perfectly right the first time <laughs> oh what the hell D- jesse the guy uh who loses to uh you know the the baddie in the movie in the yes. race uh, yes. had a modified golf and i would not change that that would he that did. would be no. the exact same car Yep, I would actually leave that. Um, it's a, you know, because he was, again, I haven't, I watched this movie a, a whole bunch right when it came out, and I haven't watched it since. Um, <laughs> he was the, he was like the tech guy. He was their computer wizard, yes. right? Yep. Yeah. He, he overnighted the parts. Yeah, that, uh, that, that, that GT guy is, is popular amongst tech people, engineers, that kind of stuff. So Yeah, they got that one I, perfectly right but have that be like again not a main character you know like or at least not a hero car necessarily um but definitely keep the paint scheme that blue and white Mm, yes yeah thousand percent yeah well we made it through i i'm still going back in my notes to the to the raptor versus Trackhawk or raptor versus durango i think out of everything we recast here, that would be the movie or the scene I'd want to see the most. 
Yeah, I think Durango is the is the call there. I really do. I think that's I think that's a better choice. So um, that would be my pick for like the top of my two watch lists. Just because <laughs> no one's no one's done like a truck chase that I that, would, that would actually be really cool through the streets of of San Fran. Like if someone could make that happen. I really and pull it off in a way that is kind of cool, and also you'd just have to have some sense of ridiculousness because that's yeah, the way I mean, it works now. But I think it would be a very good mashup of actually two of my favorite car chases: the bullet car chase and the the car chase from the Rock, with all the Hummers flying around San Francisco. Oh, oh that's right! That they is- did do the Hummer chase scene. <laughs> yeah, no, but, 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 but Hummers, but Hummers are only visual exci- visually exciting because you're waiting for them to flip over, not because yes. they're actually good at what they do. Super true. I think I think those are two <laughs> fairly you know fairly competent go fast you know, trucks slash SUVs. I think that would like bring the excitement of a more capable car chase to the kind of pell-mell giant vehicles flying around San Francisco that the rock chase had. I I would also love to watch that. I haven't seen that movie in. Oh, forever. It's a good one. It's a, it's a, uh, it's not one that comes up often. But. No, not not at all. Nicholas Cage uh, and Sean Connery on screen together. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to look up this car chase because I don't remember it at all. Sean Connery, Scottish no matter what. Yeah. In every role he plays, he's Scottish. He's a, he could be cast as an American guy, could be cast as a Spanish guy. Always Scottish. Never changes his accent. <laughs> he was cast as a Spanish guy. And he played it with a Scottish accent. He did. It was for Highlanders, so it was okay. <laughs> 90s movie review. Yeah, Couldn't and the, 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 the Scottish man in that movie was played by, like, was he s- Swedish or something? Some yeah, Nordic somewhere. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. It's funny. Uh, one thing that we haven't yet done is picked a, is picked a car movie to review on this podcast. And I don't, I don't think the rock is a car movie. I don't think we could swing that one. No, <laughs> we could review that scene. Maybe that's what we do. Sorry. I, I had my mic muted. I don't even know how, um, maybe that's, maybe that's how we start with some car chase reviews. <laughs> that would be good. I'm down for that. Interesting. Maybe that's maybe that could even be for next week. Let's think about that. But for now, get us out of here, Nick. Yes, sir. So, folks, thanks for uh, sticking with us today. We appreciate you listening, but uh, we don't want you just to listen. We want to interact with you. Right. We already mentioned how to find us online and all the socials. Um, We would like to ask one or two other favors of you, though. So be sure to number one. Leave us a review wherever you're listening, uh, preferably a good one. Just slide over and click that fifth star for us, if you don't mind. Um, and or hit that subscribe button for us. It's free and you're just going to get notified whenever we put out new content. So it's completely harmless. Um, if you're really into what we're doing and would like to support this podcast monetarily, 
you have two options for that. One, you can go to patreon.com slash check engine podcast and hit, um, and, uh, donate through there or you can hit the support button that's on our homepage at anchor.fm so go to anchor.fm slash check engine podcast right at the top of the page you'll see a support button you can just smash that for us um we'd greatly appreciate it every cent donated is put toward making this podcast a better experience for you and none of it goes back into our personal pockets so again thank you in advance for that guys do we have any special shout outs before we get out of here uh, I I will just take a moment to shout out my mom. Um, I got a phone call from her uh, about a couple days ago, just saying that um, you know you know I don't know if you guys have this experience, but do your parents um, call you to say that you never call them? No. And you're no, like, I have, a, I have my, a different situation though. <laughs> that's true. My mom usually know. just texts or calls until I answer. You see, that's the thing. The, it, it's a two way device, right? It's a, it's a two way device. And um, that is the phrase mom, I have heard. Yeah. My, my mom rarely calls or texts me, but she called me the other day to say that um, she fell at the house and shattered her kneecap. Uh oh. And I said, well, why didn't you call me? And she said, oh, because I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Any, anyways, long story short, my mom, my, my mom um, did not break her kneecap by falling. She stood up, which caused her kneecap to give out. And then she fell. And um, so she's scheduled for a knee replacement. And. You know, it's just one of those things where you just you just got to laugh a little bit as as horrible as the whole situation is. She didn't call me after that because she didn't want to bother me. Um, So shout out to you, mom. Um, I love you. And get well soon. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. Have to get you, get okay. back on your feet ASAP. Tristan? A lot of healing vibes sent that way. Um I don't have anything in in too particular. Um, I, I would like to um, shout out Nick. Actually, he, uh, you may agree with me. Our uh, our mutual place of employment in uh, being calm and rational about this whole uh, pandemic thing. Um, I'm, I'm being told to stay at home. We don't know when this is going to be over just stay home. Um, and I know there are a lot of my friends and loved ones who are essential employees, or even if they're not essential employees are, um, you know, not lucky enough to be employed by some place that gets that. And they are being called back to work no matter what. Um, so, you know, I'd like to shout out to my employer, um, unnamed obviously, because as, as it is not an endorsement, but, um, you know, shout out to my employer for allowing me to stay home, um, and treating this whole thing as rationally as you can, um, while understanding that, yes, you're a company and you need to be open for business, but open for business doesn't necessarily mean open for people, just have people stay home. So, yeah, good for them. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to piggyback off of you right there and say, Ditto. Um, <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I actually, you know, I was one who 
tried to go back just because after three months of working from home, like I, I've personally felt like my productivity, it, it was, was starting to be strained a little bit. It was getting harder and harder to stay focused. And I'm like, you know what, maybe just getting back to a, like my desk and not just wearing basketball shorts or sweatpants, like actually putting on nice pants and a belt and like just going through that routine again, will kind of get me going. Um, provided no belt. Belt for a while. I'm going to find out something that I want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Same. But, but you know what? It's, um, it provided no value to me. <laughs> so <laughs> Did like, the, the, the office was completely empty. You know, there was, there was like seven people on my doing remote meetings. <laughs> I was still doing remote meetings. And, um, I think the cool part about it was like, there was no pushback, you know, like I went to my manager and said, Hey, look, I know I volunteered to do this and come back in, but there's really no point for me being here. And they're like, okay, just grab a monitor and go home. You know, like they didn't, well, you said, and this and that, and as part of our plan, they're, they, you do what you need to. And, uh, yeah, very much appreciative to that. Sweet. So thank you to thank you to them. And as always, thank you, the listeners, for your continued support. We love to hear from you. We love recording this for you. And we cannot wait to speak to you again. But until then, take care of yourselves. Bye.